0: ...to hold, and the nerves of every man who fought the restless steers had been rubbed raw since dawn. At the yards, impatient trainmen beat their mittened hands and swung stiff arms to restore circulation while they waited for the pennon of the herd that was to be shipped to Chicago. Pete and Ike, cutting strays into the discard herd, had been in the saddle since the first streak of lead-gray sky had heralded the dawn. They were the only men who would not slip back to the mess wagon for a cup of steaming coffee to thaw the chill in their blood. Pete worked a four year old roan steer to the edge of the herd, and his horse, with a quick practiced dash, shooed the animal into the open. Ike, who had just cut a stray bull out, was turning his horse back into the herd when he saw the roan steer. Made a mistake there, Pete, he called and cut the roan steer back. Mistake hell, grunted Pete. Earmarks show it's a two-bar critter. Split the right, crop the left. Brands dim, but I mind the day that critter was branded. At the little warm corral. It's one of Jim Bartlett's steers. That steers mammy was a brockle-faced two-year-old heifer at the time that wrong calf was branded four years ago. A brockle-faced heifer that I got damn good reason to know was stole from me by that Bartlett skunk. I'll see him in hell afore I ship every two-bar stuff on my train. I made a dicker with Bartlett to ship his stuff, argued Ike. He's paying five dollars a head for all we ship. I give him my word to ship his steers. I keeps my word regardless. You're forgetting that this ain't the bar wagon that's gathered this herd. This is a Rafter T outfit, and I'm running it. "'and I'll tell a man that as long as I'm running my own outfit, "'I ship what a damn please and cuts back every steer that don't belong. "'I'm cutting that two-bar steer into the discard herd. "'I don't aim that you nor any other human's gonna keep me from it. "'Cut back that steer into the Culls Pete Carver "'and I cuts every damn bar else steer I own into that same discard. "'Ship that roan quitter, I tell you, or me and you splits the blankets here and now. Both men were white with anger. Each held the other's gaze with a steadiness that caused the listening cowpunchers to squirm uneasily in their saddles. Then Pete Carver whirled his horse and called in a loud, rasping voice to his foreman, "'Ride over to the yards and tell that train crew that I'm canceling them cars. We ain't shipping this herd till it's clean!' Then he jabbed his horse with the spurs and cut the roan steer into the discard herd. When Pete Carver shipped, two days later, the herd was straight rafter tea. That night, the grizzled little cowman got drunk for the first time in twenty years. Over at the Chinook House bar, Ike Rutherford was pouring raw whiskey into his stomach. He'd been drinking for twenty-four hours. Each man stayed in the saloon where he was drinking, avoiding the other. Each was surrounded by his own cowpunchers. They drank their drinks, and when the liquor thawed them, made fight talk. Big Bob McLean, who'd been sheriff for two terms, chewed the soggy butt of a cold cigar and cursed methodically. Then he loaded a sawed-off shotgun and crossed the blizzard-swept street to the Chinook house. He held the gun in the crook of his arm when he stepped into the barroom. Ike, he said in a voice that was so deadly calm that it threw an ominous hush over the half-drunk crowd. I want your gun. Meaning? Meaning that I'm placing you under arrest. There's a good fire a going over at the jail. Bring a bottle along if you've a mind to. Supposin', asked Rutherford, his eyes narrowing to slits of blue flame, I won't be arrested, Bob. I ain't never gone after nobody that I didn't get, Ike. I'm plumb old and setting my ways. I'm taking you, Ike. Ike Rutherford, drunk as he was, knew that the sheriff spoke the truth. The sheriff's shotgun was cocked. With a shrug, he handed over his forty-five. But first, his eyes, normal once more, held the sun of summer skies in their.